Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Dr. Megan Monday here with the amazing Heather Hartman, one of my favorite people in the world. So, Heather, give us a little brag intro. Okay. So, let's see. What can I brag about? There's so much. I will, shit, I brag that over the last year, I have literally 10x my business. And doing it all in a pandemic and a freaking revolution and with the toddler, a high energy toddler. And it's this been like incredible. I mean, really like the, the, some of the things that are happening defy like what should be natural, you know? <laughs> so that's my big brag. That's so awesome. So give us a little bit of like the before and after. It wasn't always this way, right? Like... Tell us about your journey to becoming badass mama, amazing business coach, incredible human being. Yeah, totally. Before and after, man. So the before, probably like just to kind of give you a brief overview of what the before was, it was a lot of worrying that I wasn't good enough and uh looking for somebody to give me directions and tell me what I needed to do to be successful. And, uh, you know, obviously I've been an entrepreneur for the last four years now and I had my child, well, he'll be two. So I actually was already established before I had the baby, but like, I still really wasn't feeling like I was in my flow. I didn't really understand how to create a profitable and sustainable business. And a lot of that just came down to, I wasn't following my own instincts. I wasn't really doing my own thing. I wasn't just being myself. And over the course of the last four years, since I've been in my business full time, I've learned how to be more myself. And I obviously have like way more to go, but I have made significant strides in just showing up, being authentic, being vulnerable, being real, you know, and obviously the after includes, I'm actually making enough money now to pay my bills and and cover my business expenses, which is like, yay. Right. And there are obviously, you know, as being a mom, it's, Moms who are also entrepreneurs have a completely unique set of challenges. (laughs) And that has been probably for me, one of the biggest learning curves is first of all, being a mom as a first time mom, and then doing it while being a full-time work from home, stay at home entrepreneur person. (laughs) So yeah. And it's been an adventure. That's, I could probably go on and on about it, but it's been really fun. (laughs) 
I totally feel you on that one because having your own business gives you like the time and financial freedom to do what you want with regards to your family. But it's kind of intense there in the beginning when you've got like a little person hanging off your tit <laughs> while you're on a call or in the session. And Heather and I are mastermind sisters. And, you know, I, it was just like such a joy and privilege to be able to see you nursing Tristan and just like, and um, he was like a member of the mastermind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to see instead of like the world's playing tug of war of like, who can I be in this realm? Like you just get to be the whole you. And I really admire that because I still sometimes feel torn <laughs> between um, this world and that world. And, you know, Luna loves to interrupt me whenever I'm doing anything and she will like commandeer the entire thing. Um, so I'm still like a little bit. <laughs> Bless her for that. It's amazing. Oh, she's going to have her own show one day. So. <laughs> it was just such a privilege to witness that. And I just like really want to encourage any mamas out there or, you know, women who are wanting to be moms. You know, I really think the entrepreneurship uh, paradigm is so important. And I really think this is a big part of the divine feminine rising. Definitely. hundred percent. I agree. And yes, I think big, a big disconnect is with, especially with moms who are entrepreneurs and who are doing video calls or teaching programs, et cetera, et cetera. It can be scary to like show up as your whole self. And we're always, because we'll, yeah, my, my personal thought process around that is that it's a shame that we are always required to be, to be fractionated. Like we're supposed to leave our you know, or work at work and leave our personal life at home, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're work from home, stay at home mom, when you're a work from home entrepreneur, you can't really do that. It's like your work is your life and your life is your work. All we're on collide. <laughs> and it's all good. It's just that, yeah, it's can sometimes take some like adjusting when I came from the corporate world. So it took a lot of adjusting for me to get like used to being okay with, oh, I can be my full self now. So you've been really open about like your journey with coaching. Um, like myself, you invested a lot of money like right away. You did some of the bro marketing things. Um, and then you found your way to pussy-based business. <laughs> Finally. And you have a program called Sacred Sales. So tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you like detox all that patriarchal sales stuff? And how did you get to the point where you like hit that, you know, authentic boss witch hottie vibe? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Actually, the cool thing is, is that I feel like it's a journey and it will be an, a never-ending ongoing journey because I still even catch myself now using some terminologies and you and also using words that have energy still of like the old kind of wounded masculine paradigm of selling and marketing and all that stuff. But I mean, ultimately, I have realized that I am in a unique position because I invested with so many different people and so many different institutions that I have really gotten an opportunity to, to see the contrast between what sacred sale, what I call sacred sales feels like versus the opposite of that or anything outside of that realm. And so knowing that, okay, this doesn't actually feel that good, but this over here really feels great. And then being able to kind of just implement that in my own process and expand it on, on my own has been really super fun because I realized that too many people are sold to in such a gross way. And not only that, but 
we are also very, and when I say we, I'm talking about us as a like uh, humanity in general. We are told that we need certain things and we are told that we need to purchase certain things or that we need to buy certain things or be certain things or do certain things in order to like fit in with the, the herd. Right. But it's, I don't believe in that. I think that we all have some level of suggestibility, but I also think that we can truly tune into our own inner wisdom and decide, okay, what do I really need? And is this really important to me? whether it's investing in a coach or investing in a car or investing in a home or whatever, like it doesn't matter. But for me, it was, it really came down to knowing how I didn't want to be supported and knowing how I didn't want to be sold to and knowing how I didn't want to run my business because I've watched other people do it that way versus how I like it, how it feels good, how I feel supported, how it feels to me sacred. So. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but. Uh, so Tara Brock, uh, who's, you know, an awesome psychologist and mindfulness teacher, she talks about how like we walk around with the trance of unworthiness. And I think like the media and advertising, obviously the patriarchy, they love to just like fuel that trance of unworthiness along with all of the like brainwashing and everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's aspects of the coaching industry that like sort of feed on that as well and sort of say like, oh, you need this to get there. Versus I think the more like feminine paradigm, which we're both a part of is more about like, you know, trusting yourself, trusting the process, trusting the universe and like going from that place of, you know, more the feminine powers of like receiving an intuition and, and emotions and, you know, even just being embodied. So what does that bring up for you? I mean, I think that you're right. I agree with you hundred percent that there's a lot of propaganda and there's a lot of standards and we... I personally believe as feminine cord creatures that could never serve us in the way that we need it to. And going inward to really find out what it is that we, that our inner wisdom is saying that our intuition is telling us like following, I know that some people don't necessarily like the word the term obedience, but obedience to soul, obedience to intuition, and truly honoring that part of ourselves is a way to pretty much throw up a middle finger at the patriarchy. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm all for that, for sure. (laughs) So you run an awesome group, which I feel like that's like definitely one of your gifts. Um, So, you know, feel free to promote that. But like what, for those of us that are using like Facebook community to grow our business, like what do you think the magic sauce to that is? Yeah, in terms of actually just having groups to grow your business uh, and scale and stuff like that. I was just thinking kind of like, it seems like you're so warm and you facilitate it so well. And, you know, people really feel like a community. So just curious how you like hold space for that. Yeah, totally. I think the big thing is inclusiveness like inclusivity is a huge deal for me and that is for in every single realm possible right there's also a level of acceptance and i feel like this starts with acceptance of self and then that can just radiate out into community building with other people and in, even in other communities and i think another big part of it is also 
being open to being wrong and being willing to be wrong and fuck stuff up and, and know that I'll be able to clean it up, that I can always make it right, that I can always make amends. And, um, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else. I feel like one of your magic ingredients is like fun. Like you just have such fun, buoyant, like over the top energy. Like, how do you get there? I mean, it is, I like to be high energy and I like to have fun. And I love just like the excitement of like fun stuff and dancing and being ridiculous and making funny faces and shit like that. And there's another part of it where I can't always have that like high level energy. And so I guess my main thing is giving myself permission to go into the the stillness or go into being more quiet or even just not being as present on social media. Cause I think that we can get really caught up in that and that can create burnout. And for me, I found a really good rhythm and I know my rhythm, like I know my biological rhythm and my energetic rhythm. So I can honor the times when I'm like, actually, I really need to take a step back. I need to just chill. And that piece is the piece that allows me to show up more fully. And when I'm in my high energy state, so being, you know, Um, so you and I both work a lot with, um, holistically minded businesses, you know, feminist businesses. Um, and I think particularly in the holistic community, I think that when people have like a healer heart, um, sometimes they don't, uh, they, they feel uncomfortable charging, you know, a lot of times when I'm doing healing sessions on healers, they've had like past life experiences where, they had a vow of poverty or they lived in a communal sort of bartering situation. And so like breaking into the coaching industry and like charging money um, or selling uh, can be like a real challenge, I think, for the people that are kind of like the bleeding heart. So I love that you introduce the concept of like sacredness into it. Like how do you kind of help people get to the point where um, they're charging you know, the big bucks and they feel like amazing about, you know, and aligned with what they're selling. Yeah, totally. I think the best, the best way to describe like what I do in my work in terms of helping people learn how to sell or not necessarily learn how to sell, but learn how to feel good selling. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is healing the relationship with money, healing the relationship with receiving, even healing the relationship with asking because you can't receive unless you ask and in certain circumstances. But the other part of it is hugely, we have to recognize that without being monetarily compensated, we can't show up as our full selves and be of service. We can't be of the highest service if we're not, because if you aren't getting paid enough money, you're going to be resentful. You're not really going to want to do the work. It's not going to be exciting for you. And I think that that's a piece that so many of us miss. And even I know I missed it earlier on. It was like, I was charging like a thousand dollars for three months, which still is a lot of money for some people and could still seem really intimidating and overwhelming. But the reality is if you're not able to fully support yourself with the money that you're earning with 
that, or the money that you're calling in from your coaching business or from whatever kind of business you have, it's not going to feel good. It won't feel like an even energetic exchange. And when it's not an even energetic exchange, we don't want to give because you can't give from an empty cup. Absolutely. You mentioned like the ask and of course, like receiving, which I feel like are two just huge things that society really conditions women not to do, even though that's what we're like built to do. (laughs) So do you have any tips for getting comfortable with the ask and like the ability to receive? I love asking and receiving. This really is an art and what I think the best way to ease your way into it, especially if you're a person who's extremely uncomfortable with asking and receiving is to do, make micro steps, ask for little tiny stuff. Even if it's asking maybe someone in your family or in your household to feed a pet, which is maybe something you normally do every single day or something even smaller than that. It really, for me, the the magic happens when you start small and you can actually build up consistency with doing these things. Cause it's like a muscle. If you don't work the muscle out, it's never going to grow. It's never going to get stronger. But if you're working the muscle all the time, it's going to get stronger and it will be easier and easier and easier as you go along to make big asks, uh, and receive large amounts of money from clients or family or members or friends or whatever, right? I think that's the thing is you got to take baby steps and literally like micro asks and micro, micro doses of receiving can make a huge difference, especially if you're extremely uncomfortable with asking or receiving. Awesome. So what do you do like on the regular as far as pleasure goes? Like how do you get into the high vibe state? Yeah, totally. Pleasure for me is like, I love Mm self-touch. So I always like to touch really lightly because it feels like a tickle. And also I do a lot of dancing. Uh, I dance like a weirdo. I dance like a maniac. I dance like a freak. I dance like a silly person sometimes. But I like to move my body a lot. And that for me is a way that I get into pleasure on a very regular basis. And then also doing art for me is like very pleasurable. So you've probably seen, and some people may have seen me doing these aura portraits, which is totally something for me that feels, it fills me up. It unleashes my creativity and it gives me the opportunity to really connect with people too on a deeper level where if people who maybe don't want to do coaching with me. Let's see what else pleasure. I love ice cream and um, sea salt caramel popcorn. (laughs) Those are your go-tos. I love it. Your your aura pictures are awesome. I'm definitely getting one of those. Um, So I just want to like circle back around to like the self-touch piece because I think that's so huge for women. I think, you know, if you're in the pleasure communities, you get it. Like you're probably already like reclaimed that. But I think a lot of women like don't even realize they have like permission to touch their own bodies Mm -hmm. and it, it can be sexual or it can just be sensual, but like there's so much pleasure that can come just from skin. You know, you think back to like the babies, you got like skin to skin. That's like what makes your brain grow. You get like the oxytocin and all that stuff kicking on. Um, and yet that's something that like, it's almost like we're like little robots. <laughs> you don't think that we can touch ourselves. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And I really think for for me, self-touch is something that I'm even still learning about. 
but it makes such a huge difference in just showing yourself gratitude and showing yourself love and also learning how to trust your own body's signals. So I think it's definitely an important part of being a human being, but also it's extra important as feminine cord creatures to be able to connect with our bodies in ways that feel good. And I realized that also some people are really uncomfortable with touching themselves for a variety of reasons, obviously. And it can be so healing if you also, if you have support with doing that. And there's a lot of people that obviously, you know, can support in that area, but, um, and even self-pleasuring is like a taboo subject in some circles, you know, like that's another thing that is one of the things that really gets a lot of flack during, in, I'm really lucky because I'm in, I'm a part of very many communities who are extremely open and I live in like the only liberal pocket of like the whole state of Florida. I live in Gainesville. So it's kind of cool. And there's a lot of people here that also have the same type of mentality that I do, which I'm really grateful for. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff around pleasure and it's shout out, shout out to Gainesville, which is my hometown. Yeah. Go <laughs> <Girl>. Gators. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care about sports. It's a thing. Um, So, you know, I think you'll agree that like mindset was one of the things that really like helped your business Mm -hmm. turn the corner into all the success that you're having. And I know that you've been really like vulnerable and sharing like some of the things that have come up with you and your mindset. And so just kind of curious, like what was that journey to like rewire your brain into this place where like you could kind of dream it into being? Yeah, the journey has definitely been interesting. A lot of it for me feels like the power of being witnessed and some of the things that my brain will come up with has made a huge difference there. And just recognizing it, I think I've always had a high level of awareness. So I've been able to like recognize it and acknowledge it and be, and have that awareness that okay, this is not serving me. Like this thought pattern is not serving me. This belief system is not serving me, whatever. And I think it really started to shift even more so for me when I was working with Julia Wells. Shout out to the one and only Julia motherfucking Wells. And learning that I could totally reframe this stuff and create a new story for myself, essentially. And the other important component was believing that it was possible for me and deciding that I was committed to do whatever the fuck I need to do, which all those different parts kind of mesh together into like creating, essentially co-creating with the universe what it is that I wanted. Yeah. And along with Julia, I feel like you're definitely a visibility queen. So, you know, I think it's such a like vulnerable, um, intense experience to be truly like seen and heard. So any like visibility tips for the people that are just like starting their online coaching journey? Yeah, totally. Visibility tip number one, get yourself a visibility partner, <laughs> whether it's somebody who just holds the phone and takes the video for you, or if it's somebody that you check in with and you do accountability with. I literally started, I think I did my very first ever live stream video 
and my friend Erica Gimond <laughs> held my phone for me and recorded. And we had like a whole setup with when I, when I do this, I'm done and you can hit stop. <laughs> huh? And that was, made a huge difference because I was terrified to push the go live button before that. And obviously this was back in like 2016, 2017. So it's been a few years, but you know, that would be the biggest thing is really have a buddy that, that can, you can cheer each other on and you have similar goals. Also some like easy ones are when you're doing visibility stuff. If you're recording yourself on a camera or you're doing a live stream, look into the black dot. Don't look at yourself because you will always get distracted. <laughs> so look That's into the black dot. Even, even if you need a hot pink freaking sticky note with that's shaped like an arrow, point it at the black dot. <laughs> that, I mean, that's like a really just logical thing, but also it kind of gives you- I don't think I ever do that. <laughs> it totally gives your brain an opportunity to like really refocus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And flirting with the camera is another one that I've heard which I don't really think I do. To me, I'd be like, I think I'm awkward. I probably wouldn't want to flirt with the camera because the camera may not like that. No, I don't know. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But yeah, those are a few really good ones. And my the other big one for me was doing full out dance parties by myself before I went live because it would get the nervous jitters moving through and then I wouldn't have... I wouldn't be sitting there in front of the camera on a live stream bumbling or whatever. It would just be like, blah, okay, cool. I'm just going to say it because I'm here, I'm doing this. And it made a big difference for me just doing those little dance parties before I went live. I probably have old videos on my business page where I went live immediately after dancing to my favorite song, Peanut Butter Jelly by Galantis. And I'm out of breath and like, I just did a dance party. It's like, come live. Dance parties heal all. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so, you know, I know 2020 has been kind of an intense year for you as for all of us. You know, it's been a big catalyst for change. I really believe that the apex of the divine feminine revolution is coming soon, soon, soon in 2021. It's already here. It's happening. Just curious for your, you, like what would be sort of like your vision of a divine feminine led world? Um, where do you think we're all going? What's happening? That is such a good question. I have a vision that we can create, co-create more equality in gender gaps and race gaps and all the things. There's all, there's so many things. And I really believe that in the divine feminine uprising that's happening, we're going to be able to watch this come to fruition. And it's really going to look like women learning how to tune into themselves, how to listen to their intuition, and also asking for the world around us for the, the support that we need. And like for me, I have to ask my husband on the on the regular to trust me, like trust my, trust my decisions. I'm doing what I believe is right. And if I trust myself and you don't trust me, it takes away the potency of what I'm doing in my life and in my business. Can you hear my birds? <laughs> yeah. They're crazy. The birds concur. <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they agree. 
And they're, I didn't know you had birds. Uh, I just bought them a week ago on Friday last week. They're two parakeets. Aww. Their names are Tico and Kiwi. How cute. <laughs> totally the divine feminine uprising. This The revolution is here. It's been coming. It's been happening slowly, I think, over the last, I don't know. I'm 39. So it feels like it's been happening over the last like 10 years easily, very slowly. And we're getting basically flung into this thing full force because so many people are no longer willing to stand for what's been going on and for how, for all the systems of oppression that have been put into place, people are over it. We don't want that shit anymore. So, so much is possible when we're not like being enslaved by the top percent right and we can be fully expressed and like you know free and like true to have the time and financial freedom that we want I know for me and I also imagine for you like being in groups of powerful women has been like the game changer I know you hold awesome space we've been in groups and communities together like tell me a little bit about when you hold space for women and or like some of the powerful moments you've experienced in those kind of groups Yeah, totally. I love holding space for other people, for women, especially my favorite part of it, of holding space for them is the amount of learning I get about myself. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful experience. It's such an amazing way to grow and expand. And I find that as I'm holding space for other women, especially in my paid containers, we are all experiencing the same things at the same time. It's not exactly the same, but there's so much parallel components that it's like, you can't make it up. It's magic. You know, it's synchronicity at its best. And from that synchronicity, I believe that we have an opportunity to grow and expand, you know, with quantum expansion, which is something that I talk about. I haven't really actually shared fully about it, but quantum expansion for me is like when we are all as a collective expanding and growing and just moving farther and farther out and affecting everyone in our circles and everyone in their circle circles and all that. It's like a, it's an infinite uh, cycle and it just keeps going and going and going. The spiral just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So I think I feel like I just tangented a little bit, but yeah, that's like. Well, you just like quantumly expanded to the cycle, to the cycle, to the cycle, <laughs> and then back again. Yeah, totally. Well, and then the power of it is that so many of us feel so many of the same things yeah. for whatever different reasons and so on. It's powerful when you're in a group of people and you get to relate to each other in that way. Yeah. And it's just like the universal experience of the human. Like we all struggle, you know, and the person that you think has it all together is the person that you don't know very well yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like struggle. It's part of being human. And so, and we can like all rise together, you know, and particularly when we normalize the struggle and realize that everybody does it, we don't necessarily have to stay there. We can rise above it. Like it gets to be really exciting because then that's when you kind of get into that magic creatrix energy where amazing, incredible things happen. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And also normalizing humanness, normalizing just having to human and having to adult and having to do the things that aren't pretty sometimes. (laughs) 
but they're necessary. And, you know, I think a lot of it too is gratitude for being able to be in the position where I have privilege that I get to do a lot of stuff that other people don't necessarily get to do. And I recognize that. So I think it's a big deal too. Yeah. Um, if you could kind of just like wave a magic wand and change some aspects of the world, anything on the wish list? Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot on the wish list. I Go mean, harder it up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, two really big things for me that I am that my heart is close to is drug and alcohol addiction recovery and women's financial liberation and empowerment. I want women having more money because more money means more choices. It means more freedom. It means more impact. And because I'm 12 and a half years sober from drugs and alcohol, I feel like if more people have more resources available to them, that's partly where this is where my wealth is focused. These two areas primarily so that we can make a huge impact less people strung out on drugs and alcohol, less people not being able to afford to get treatment, um, more families being supported because families typically don't get support when you go through, you know, drug and alcohol rehabilitation. At least my family didn't. I mean, there's Al-Anon, but, you know, there's, I think there's a huge need for more wealth going into that area and also into like free more free education too for children. Cause I think that as a new mom, my son's not ready for school yet, obviously, but I feel super passionately about the traditional education system is like flawed in so many different ways. Yeah. So there, those are a couple of things that like more money for, for actual like education of a real life education stuff for children and drug and alcohol addiction recovery. Yeah, you know, uh, my background as a psychologist, you know, I think that the, you know, AANA is like amazing because it's like free, it's accessible, it works. I mean, so that's like really amazing. Um, I really personally believe that like you can see some states are doing like that we really should legalize drugs and a lot of the European countries that have done that really are like taking all that money that would go to incarcerating people and putting it into the drug treatment programs. And I really just feel like that would be such a huge piece because so much of it is just set up that way. It's set up to get people in trouble. Um, You know, when I've worked with addicts, they tend to be like the most sensitive, artistic, you know, oftentimes like amazing people. And it's just that they like almost like can't deal with like how like cruel and intense our world can be. Obviously that stuff is shifting, you know? So I just love that you share your story with that and you show like what's possible when you invest in yourself and, you know, the power of becoming sober itself. Um, I totally agree with you also about the school system. Like I really feel like that is designed to keep people in their, you know, patriarchal kind of, masculine, logical energies to kill the love of learning, to kill creativity, you know, to create like obedience. uh, Right. Exactly. This is creating the obedience thing. It really gets me because the other part of it is children who are usually going through the public school system typically don't have the opportunity to learn how to really trust themselves, trust their decision-making process because they're given all the decisions for them. Like they're told what to do. I don't know, there's an unschooling or something like that person. 
figure who talks about how when you take the free will out of education, that's when it becomes schooling. And really schooling is meant to teach obedience. And this is part of the problem and it's going to continue to perpetuate that same shit, you know? Yeah. And I think it's interesting, like all the kids that are in that kind of like indigo, crystal, rainbow, whichever one you want to call it, like they've like basically unschooled themselves via COVID, you know, at online school. I'm like, wow, they've like really manifested quickly in the collective. Uh, yeah. um, but I think it is so powerful what, to have options to like homeschool. And I think that's another like plus to running your business. If you want to homeschool, you can, you know, I think there needs to be, you know, like whenever I counsel teachers, they always tell me there's so much freaking bureaucracy that it's like impossible to get their job done. And they don't have the freedom to like teach creatively. And it's all about teaching the test, which is like such utter bullshit. Mm. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> So we're just going to like wave our magic wands and everyone gets to stay home with their mommies and their mommies get to make a lot of money and we get to heal the world and that's that. Yeah. And so it is. (laughs) And so it is. (laughs) Um, So I could just talk forever with you. Um, Maybe we'll do like a part two. Um, But tell us a little bit about like where to find you. What are you selling? Can you sell to us? Yes. Oh, totally. I'd love to sell to you actually. Well, first of all, I would love to invite anybody that isn't already in my Facebook community to join us. It's called Explosive Exposure with Heather Hartman. Uh, There's a story to why it's called that, but yeah, it's a great community. It is promo friendly and also beyond promo friendly. It's very engagement friendly. I really encourage people to like engage before they try to sell because when you build relationships, selling is much easier. And so right now I'm currently promoting my school for sacred sales and it is going to be pretty much all about learning how to sell and how to invest in yourself in a sacred way, feeling really good, learning how to heal your relationship with money, healing any kinds of receiving blockages. It's going to be the tits. I can't fucking wait. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be fucking phenomenal. I'm just so excited. This is literally like my brainchild and I have been developing this process and this structure for myself and my own business for pretty much the last three plus years. And I'm really excited to share it with other people because I know that we need more people sharing different and unique and creative ways to sell that feel really good and feel aligned instead of icky and how do I do this and how do I accept money and how can I receive payments and things like that. So I'm really excited for that. And yeah, if you have any interest in learning about school for sacred sales, send me a private message. I love talking to people on messenger. (laughs) And so don't feel like you can't send me a message. I hate it when people are like, Oh, I'm not paying the person. So I can't really message her because I don't want to take space in her inbox. Take up space, bitch. I need you to message me. I love that so much because do you hear everybody like slamming and I get the cold DMs, like no one likes like a copy and paste kind of vibe. Um, But that's one of the um, like challenges that you've run is like how to DM. Any tips on that while we're at it? Yeah, definitely. Well, sacred sales and messenger is a thing. It's actually going to be one of the modules in school for sacred sales. But the most important part is twofold probably. Well, maybe more, but no cold fucking calling. That's like not cool at all. Nobody likes it. And this, I feel like the actual pinnacle of sacred sales is build a relationship, recognize them, 
see them, say something to people. If you feel like I would love to work with this person for sure, send a message, but build that relationship first. Like it doesn't have to be a super complicated process. It all, it really needs to be. is like, I just wanted to reach out to you because your profile picture is so amazing. You look like such a freaking ray of light. And I just wanted to connect with you. And I find for me that really just seeing people is the, where really the magic starts in terms of selling. And some people say yes later and some people don't. And some people say yes right away and some people never do. It doesn't really matter. That's not the point. The point is building the relationships because running a business is relationships based. <laughs> so that's important. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that blocks me in that realm is just like, I kind of like abhor like small talk. <laughs> so I love you jump right in with the compliments because you're so good at like seeing the beauty in everybody. Um, like how do you get to go deep just from messenger? I mean, my magic is that I always find something that I can relate to the person on like, Oh, I see that you live in Washington. I lived in Kent, Washington for 12 years, or I see that you are, you know, that you took you went to school or IIN or whatever, right? Basically just finding things that I have in common with the person and then asking them about their experience about it. Like, what did you like about it? And really like it comes down to practicing listening skills, I think. And that's a big thing too. It's like, if we don't, any good coach is going to have good listening skills, right? Like that's just the way it is. And it can be complicated and awkward when you're trying to basically listen to somebody new that you don't even know. Um, I definitely find that following my intuition on who I want to reach out to and like listening to the nudges when my heart is like, I want to say something to this person. Like I want to reach out to them. I just follow the nudges and then I don't question it. And if it goes sideways, it goes sideways. It doesn't really matter. I actually never had any messages go sideways in messenger ever, which is kind of weird to say. I think it's a good endorsement. I can remember when I was doing the first round of the Fearless Feminine, I got so excited. And some coach told me I should just like go ahead and message the people. So I totally like spammed the sale page to some people. And you know, it's like, I look back on it and I was just like so pumped about my own program that I just like spam the shit out of some people. That's hilarious. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere, you know, but I love yeah, totally. the building. And I feel like you, that's so like, um, core to who you are. And that's why you hold like such amazing space. Yeah, totally. Relationship building is really, really, really important. And then the other thing too, about messenger is like, um, I always just trust that the conversation will be organic and it will open up to whatever it opens up to. And then I definitely think that my secret sauce is not pushing for that and more just like letting it unfold organically because organic, actual organic relationship building is fucking powerful. It is so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody. So much love to Heather Hartman. Go look her up, buy her stuff, join her programs. And thank you all so much. Thank you. Catch you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.